So glad that you're here. So glad that you're able to come and worship with us this morning. Welcome, Chapel Hill. We are blessed. My question, as I as I hear that, I'm just I'm just challenged to ask, just in my own life, where do we build our life? What are you building your life on right now? not just a hypothetical, it is a reality. You are building it on something. My desire for you is that you're building it on Christ, that you're building it on, on that firm foundation. There is Everything else is sinking sand. Everything else that this world has, it will all burn one of these days. But, but what is done for Christ is eternal. What we're doing for Christ is eternal. My prayer is that you know Him personally, that, you're, that you have a relationship with Christ. There's been, you know, there, there's that place to where you, you entered into that relationship and have been growing and becoming more and more Christ-like. That's what the foundation is. He is our hope. He is our everything. And you know, I said it earlier, you look okay. You look like everything is good. It'd be hard to it'd be hard to point out those that may even be playing a game this morning. It'd be it'd be hard if you said, Brother Shannon, tell me who out there is just wearing the mask and looking the part. It's really not. I'm gonna be honest, I I couldn't tell. That's that's not how it works. Not an outward thing. God sees, though. God knows. God sees the heart of every person. He knows our walk. He knows we're not perfect, but He knows if we're, we're His or not. My my prayer is that you know Him, that you have a relationship with Him, and you're you're desiring and hungering for Him. Let's pray. Let me let me just pray this morning as we begin. Father God, I pray for this room. Lord, I don't know where they are. I don't know what they're coming from this past week. I don't know what the struggle for them was. But Lord, somewhere along the way, I pray that, God, you found them. God, the pursuit that, God, you have for people, you, you found them and you brought them into a relationship with you. And, God, that they're, they're being made day by day, moment by moment, into the image of Christ, Lord. And Lord, I pray for that one who has not. There may be one person in this room that, that says, you know what, Brother Shannon, I, I do not know Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I want to. Why don't you, hey, you, that, that may be you, why don't you just simply cry out to Christ now and say, hey, come in my life and be my Lord. Forgive me, I repent. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. God, you can transform lives anywhere, anytime, anyhow. God, do that. Don't let us leave this room without, without God examining our walk, examining our lives, examining our, our position before you as your sons and daughters. God, help us today. Meet us here, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. I mean, if you've got your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me over to Matthew 5. We have, last month we were in Philippians. We read Philippians every day, every single day. Read it, read it, read it. This month we're reading, uh, February is a short month. And I said, well, let's give it a short section. So we gave it the Sermon on the Mount. 
Uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is where it's found. I would encourage you, maybe read the little bit of... Uh, Read a little bit of before Matthew just to get the context to find out where we are. Jesus has started his earthly ministry. He's calling disciples to himself. And he goes up and starts talking with his disciples. And all these people are around. If you've been to Israel, you've seen uh, up around the Sea of Galilee. You've seen this area on the northern end of the Sea of Galilee Uh, This area is where the Mount of Beatitudes are, although it may not have been exactly where Jesus spoke. It was in the region and in the area to where this actually happened. Jesus literally spoke. Greatest sermon ever preached, I believe. It's all Scripture is God-breathed. Every single bit of it is exactly what we're supposed to have. But there's something unique and special about when the Messiah, the promised one, God with us himself, came and he sits down and he says, Thus saith the Lord. There's power in his words. There's power in this message. You've heard it preached lots of different ways. Casey did a great job this past Wednesday night in giving sort of an overview. The Sermon on the Mount is just that. It's a sermon. Most times you hear it preached, you don't get all three chapters read to you at once. That's why it's really good to read Jesus' sermon every single day. There's so many principles and truths and important things that are applied, that should be applied to our lives all the time. Jesus here is, um, back in the day, back before, Moses went up on the mountain and God gave him the words. Jesus here went up on the mountain. God spoke through him the word and we have his sermon here. We learn so many things. Uh, Jesus corrects certain things. You have heard that it was said, but I tell you this. You, and you thought this way, but I'm, it's really this. Or, or you thought it went this far, but it really goes this far. Jesus' clarification on so many points does not by any mean water down. It brings far more oomph and bite to it than it's God speaking. And we have the privilege, how awesome it is that right here before us we have God's Word, literal Word. We can't say that, hey, I don't know what God wanted from me. We can't stand before Him one day and say, I didn't know that. It's clearly here, and as children of God, we have the Holy Spirit. The promise is with us, and He's guiding, and He's leading our hearts into truth, and it's for us. I encourage you to read the Word of God. You're not behind Okay, it's what, 4th, 5th, 6th, what's the date? I don't even know, something. You're, you're not behind. So often when we're reading through, you get snowballed and you get behind. Just start today. Read the Sermon on the Mount today. And guess what, tomorrow, read it again tomorrow. Read all the rest too, but just read that one together with us. Be in the Word. Be in the Word. I'm going to look at a verse, bounce off on lots of different places, beginning in chapter 5, beginning in verse 1 here. This is sort of the context bringing us back. Let's go on up, go on up to, let's go back further. Let's go a piece further. Look at chapter 4, verse 23. Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. The news about him spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. You're up to date. Here's where we are. 
chapter 5, verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, You have heard probably lots of sermons. If you look in your Bible, uh, you'll start seeing these numbers probably bold and sort of highlighted and, and sort of standing out. I mean, all through here is sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon. When you pray, when you fast, love your enemies, all these things, lawsuits and divorce, and there's so much that's in here. But this morning, I'm going to focus in on one verse. I'm going to focus in on verse 3. And I just want us to, I just want us this morning, uh, every morning I have a friend of mine who texts me. Well, every Sunday morning he texts me, and this morning his, his text was, I pray the message is applied. I pray that we this morning take this word, take this, this message and apply it to our lives. Because it's transformational. It takes us from where we currently are, maybe where we're building our life or how we view our life, to where maybe God wants us to be viewing our life in relation to Him and His awesomeness. Guys, before I get started, I want you to know ahead of time, God is so good. God is so holy and so awesome, and we, you, and I get the privilege to hear from Him and live in His presence. Matthew 5, 3 says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You've heard it possibly preached lots of different ways. You've probably heard it preached in, in chunks or in sections, but just that word, just that in itself. Guys, listen. Blessed are the poor in spirit. We come before God with absolutely nothing that we bring to the table. We bring nothing to the table to add to our salvation. God doesn't look down at us and say, Oh, goody, I get to, uh, they're, they're doing good enough, so I'm going I'm to bring them on board. No, to be poor in spirit means we have absolutely nothing going for us spiritually. When God finds us, we are spiritually bankrupt. We are at the bottom. He tells us, many will say to him in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do amazing churchified things and he's going to say depart from me because I never knew you because you were spiritually dead we're spiritually bankrupt we're spiritually before a holy and awesome and amazing God we stand before God bringing nothing to the table it, 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 it echoes to a verse that we reference at times and often we don't quote it the way it should be quoted. Look over to, at Isaiah 64. Look at Isaiah 64, verse 6. Guys, our absolute best is but filthy rags. But the verse, I think, here in Isaiah 64, the actual verse gives it so much more power. Y'all, we're saved by grace through faith, through a complete and total work of God that us... Christians is the most amazing something. He tells Nicodemus it's a mystery. He tells him that it's just it's a God thing, that you and I are believers, that you and I can take this word and can understand it because God has given us his spirit and he's opened our eyes to be able to discern things about himself. We don't deserve that. We don't deserve to be able to know God. We don't deserve to be able to come into His presence and to sing His praise. Who in the world are we? Guys, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, 
we'll miss this. And we'll think, we'll think that, uh, I said this earlier, we'll think that, well, you know, I really wasn't that bad, so what God did really wasn't that good. I'm not a bad person. I've looked around and there's some really messed up folks and compared to some really messed up folks, I'm really not that bad. Guys, we don't compare ourselves to others. We compare ourselves to Christ. The standard is not our neighbor. The standard of holiness is Jesus. And when we see how when we take ourselves and we compare ourselves to absolute infinite perfection and we see how off we are and we see how blessed are the, are the poor in spirit. God, I bring nothing to the table. I wasn't savable. I shouldn't have been redeemable. I, I, I shouldn't have... I shouldn't be getting this gift of salvation. Wow, what a God. Look at Isaiah 64, what it says in verse 6 about us. It says, for all of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous deeds are like filthy garments. The Literal context that Isaiah would have used there is horrible filth. Really bad. All of our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment, and all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. Guys, one of the things that... um, One of the things that we skip over, this past Wednesday night, I had an opportunity to go down with our college students and talk to them. It was, I don't know, just just basically sharing the gospel over and over and over and over till they could share it over and over and over and over. And I I was able to go, and that was just lingering in my heart. And I went to County High this past Thursday morning, and up there in the school I did the same thing. It's to share the gospel. And, And right here, the... I actually got to talk to somebody this morning in the building about it. It's this gold one. God is infinitely perfect and infinitely good. Where God is is so good. And that next little black one is that's us and our, our sin. Sin completely and totally taints us. You and I are completely and totally sinful. Just from Adam and Eve there in the garden, God said, you can do anything you want to except that. And we know what Satan came in the form of a serpent and he tempted Eve. And he said, did God really say? And sin entered the picture and man was pushed away from God. Every man, woman, boy, and girl since then has been pushed away from God. Old Testament saints looked forward. We look back to what Christ did. They waited on a Redeemer and we look back at the Redeemer who fulfilled everything. It is finished. Totally. But look at who he, who he saved. He saved us. There's nothing we can do to wipe our sins away. There's absolutely nothing we can do. Our best is but filthy rags. There's nothing that we can do. See, the danger, the danger is when we think, well, I'm really not that bad of a person. I'm really not that bad. You know, before Christ found me, I was a good guy. No, I wasn't. I was a lost guy. People out there doing, doing 
doing lost people things because they're lost. We read in the news about what lost people are doing because they're lost without Christ. It is those people, it is us. I was that person. You were before Christ that person. It says something to the college kids. Don't downplay, don't run through the sin so quickly. Because here's the deal. If mine and your sin was just, you know, it was just a bad thing. We had done a few bad things. We thought it would be a few bad thoughts. We would lied a few times. We would said a few dirty words. We had done a couple of things that we might not have ought or should have. Then the cross really isn't that much. But when we see ourselves as deserving of hell and deserving of of every ounce of wrath that Christ took on Himself there on Calvary, that should have been every bit of that poured on me and you and everybody else for all of eternity. That wrath should have been poured out on us, eternally separated from God forever and ever and ever and ever because of our rebellious sin. Guys, do not let that one fact Move. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they'll inherit heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We gotta see, we gotta realize it's not that, it's not that, wow, I was I was bad, and you know, I God's just good because He saved me and, and all of that. God is so words, I don't have English language, human language does not encapsulate and, and give it enough of the oomph for how awesome God is and how messed up we are. Blessed are the, woe is me, think of Paul there in Romans 7, oh wretched man that I am. Who will free me from this body of death? Praise be to God. Look over Galatians chapter 2. Galatians 2 we read. Verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. We as Christians, when we become believers, when He gives us the promise of the Holy Spirit and He comes and makes His home and literally takes over who we are, it is Christ that is doing the work. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ in me. The good that I do isn't me, it's Christ in me. It's Christ at work in us. Guys, we've got to remember that. We've got to remember that. It's God in us. It's not us. It's Christ in us. Praise God for the conviction. Praise God for the, for the, for the red lights. Praise God for the, hey, that's not who you are. You, praise God for that funny, yucky feeling we get when we mess up and we... we sort of drift away from where we ought to be. Praise God for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. We don't deserve that. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. Look over at Luke. Look at Luke. Luke chapter 23. Jesus is hanging on a cross. Blessed are the poor in spirit. This morning, guys, I just want you to see. I mean, I know if you... 
You say, Brother Shannon, you could have just told us what you was going to talk about. I just want you to see how really messed up we are. And I'm wrapping it around 35 minutes of conversation. I want you to really see how messed up you and I really are and how good God really is. And I'm just rambling and getting excited during the rest of it. That's it. Jesus is hanging on a cross. And far too many people, I'm honest. Guys, be careful. This ain't a game. There's a lot of people look to Jesus because, hey, you can make, so you're telling me, they hear this, they, so you're telling me Jesus will make things better or, or Jesus will add to me. There's a lot of people who want Jesus and they also want money and they also want power and they also want fame and they also want stuff and they also want have. They want everything the prince and power of this air has to offer. And you mean so Jesus will give me a little of that too? Look, what the, look at what the two criminals on the cross say. Jesus is here on the cross, criminals on both sides. Notice the conversations about the two. I'm going to tell you, one, there was no there was one guy, there was no poor spirit here. This dude, look, look at what he says. One of the criminals, chapter 23 of Luke, verse 39, says one of the criminals who, were, who was hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. I mean, that, that's what people without, without the Spirit of God, that's what people who who don't get it think. They're like, hey, get me off this thing so I can get back to my world. Jesus, you're telling me you can make it better? I'll take a little bit of you. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to serve you. I'm not going to worship you. I'm not going to bow down to you. I, am ju I just need you right now. That's not salvation. All this guy wanted, he's like, Get me down from here. Make my current situation better. Because I'm going to go off and live for me after that. But the other answered and rebuking him said, verse 40, Do you not even fear God? Since you're under the same sentence of condemnation and we indeed are suffering justly. Guys, listen to what he says. We are suffering justly. You know what every single one of us in this room deserve? Hell. That's what we deserve. This guy got, gets it. We're suffering justly. For we're receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. I wouldn't have written the script like that, would you? Would you have written the script that way? Would you have, would you have punished the good guy so the bad guys can run free? See, that's my God. We'd have never done it that way. We would have never said it that way. We would have never allowed it that way. Because that's just unthinkable. The message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. But to us that are being saved, it is life. Guys, in the conversation, in the story, we're... 
In the story, we've got to stay humble. Blessed are the poor in spirit. We brought nothing to the table. We weren't worthy of saving. We shouldn't have been savable. We didn't, we didn't have, he didn't look down and say, well, that one brings some speaking talents and some teaching talents and some administrative talents. And God didn't look down and say, I need that one because he's doing a really good job. That's not how it works, but that's how we work. Because at the end of the day, we'd have said, because that would have made me better. No, God didn't do that. God showed grace after 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 grace. Every single one of us justly should have been hanging there. Jesus was the only one in the story. Jesus, God, what they done, what he did for us. And his obedience there on the cross and his obedience at this point. At this literal point, look at what he says. It says, verse 41, And we indeed are, just, are suffering justly, for we're receiving what we deserve in our deeds. But this man has done nothing, and he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. A lot of people say, you know what I long for is I want to hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yeah, that's good, but I just want him to remember me. I just want him to remember me when he comes into his paradise. I want him to just, God, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve, I don't deserve any of this. We don't deserve any of this. Guys, we can never, we cannot allow ourselves to water down sin. We cannot allow ourselves to think less of sin. It's got to be the worst thing. Our rebellion's got to be the absolute worst thing because as, the, as bad as we can make our sin, that just makes our Lord and Savior that much better. Because if our sin is just a little thing, then what he did was, meh, not so much. But, but God really did a, an overwhelming, unimaginable thing for you and for me by sending Christ. And his obedience to the Father to go and redeem back to himself a people. And we being the overflow of that, that love and that, that obedience, we being the, the beneficiary. That overflow and that grace and that goodness. Oh me. <laughs> he is so good. Because we are just that bad. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You see it? You're like, Brother Shannon, why are you just why why you want us to just sit there and beat ourselves up? I mean, we, we ain't that bad, are we? Yes, we are. <laughs> Dude, I mean, what's the purpose? We just, and here's the thing. Those of you that know Christ, here's what we do. We sit and we praise God to the, to the nth of our ability. We praise Him for His mercy and His goodness and His love. But begs the question, what about those that are still under the wrath? It begs for urgency. Jesus looks out over the crowd and says, the workers, the laborers are few. Harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. 
Because we've got friends and families and we've got brothers and sisters. We've got parents and we've got sons and daughters who blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I don't need this Jesus. I'm okay. Be poor in spirit. Fully admits God, I'm not okay. I'm messed up. And I need you. Look at um, Look at Romans 3. Romans 3. This is us. You know, when you really allow the Spirit of God and allow the Word of God to speak to your heart, it, it sort of a, it makes you step back a second and be like, wow, God, you, you were good. More about us, Romans 3.10 says this, oh, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There's none who understands. There's none who seeks for God. All turned aside. Together they have become useless. There's none who does good. There's not even one. Guys, nobody slips through the cracks. You see that? There's nobody slipping through the crack. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. It's a universal need that every person has because Scripture says there is none righteous. No, not one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asp is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths, and their path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before them. And we as the church, as the body of Christ, we look out into the world and we say, Oh me, why? When we should be more like Habakkuk that says, How long, how long are we going to have to sit and watch this and hear God say, If you only knew what I was doing behind the scenes. I'm doing something behind the scenes that would absolutely blow your mind. Guys, when you turn the news on and you watch, read the paper and you read what the headlines on Facebook and everything else says, don't be surprised. Paul tells Timothy, evil men and imposters will grow from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. We, us, you, however, continue in what you've learned. Look at verse 23, all of sin and falls short of the glory of God, every one of them. There's nobody slips through. There's nobody slips through but God. The most amazing story is, but God did something for us that we could not do for ourselves. Because we're spiritually bankrupt and He's all holy and powerful and merciful and long-suffering and good. Look at Romans 5, 6. Turn the page maybe a hair. 
us for a while. We were still helpless at the right time. Christ died for us. While we were bringing nothing to the table, God did it all. While we were unsavable, God showed out. Look at verse 8. But God demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Praise God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Those who are poor in spirit recognize that I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this grace. I don't deserve this forgiveness. I don't deserve this love. I don't deserve this mercy. But I trust you. Guys, this morning, what are you building your life on? See, it's easy to come in and sing the songs, choir and praise teams got bouncing. Really, what are you building your life on? Is it anything other than Christ? Is it anything about you? Be careful. Is it anything you did? Be careful. Jesus is everything. He's our only hope. That's where you build your, your life. Righteousness. Not on the old law, but in Christ. Not in, in rules and regulations, but in obedience and surrender to our Savior. Father God, I pray for this room. God, I absolutely do not have a clue where they stand with you spiritually. God, I admit they look they look like every other person that I've ever stood before. They're well-groomed, they're well-dressed. But God, your word tells us you don't look at the outward appearance of a man, you look at the heart. God, you know where this room is building their foundation. You know that if there's one or two, it could be a young person, it could be an older person, it could be just a man or a woman, and they're, they're sort of holding on to, yeah, but I'm, I'm really not that bad. God in heaven, break their hearts. Show them their desperate need of a of you in a fresh and a new way that revolutionizes and changes their entire eternity, God. Lord, we don't add nothing to it. We didn't bring nothing to it. It ain't about us, period. It's all you. We lift up you. We, we lean completely on you. there with the criminals we, we, we're getting we justly deserve death hell the grave we 
we justly deserve that. God, have mercy. Lord, and I pray that there's somebody in here that's lost, that's just straight up lost. Hey, you, I may be talking to you. You may be listening and saying, Brother Shannon, what do I do? Listen, right there where you are, cry out to Christ and say, Jesus, save me. I trust you. I give you my life. I surrender my life. Forgive me. That's me. That's me that is, is that should be me. Oh, wretched me, save me. I do that. God in heaven, we love you this morning. We love you, praise you, thank you. In Jesus' name.